0: Wait, this were you on ecstasy when you got married?
1: Fuck yes, I was. I was bald deep. Shut up. I was bald <laughs> deep in a pill they called the, the infamous Orange Tesla. I was, The infamous Orange Tesla. Yeah, and I was having a moment.
0: You're listening to the Bad Break Podcast.
2: Buckle up for some wild breakup stories. I'm not spending one more second.
1: Inconsiderate prick! And now I hate you. You right. so bastard,
0: Rachel. Come on, talk to me, please. I can't even look at you right now. Stop! Don't touch my. <laughs> ever. What you don't understand, that is is I am crazier. That's not something to be fucking proud of, Cassie. No. But it is something you should be scared. Hello and welcome to the Bad Break Podcast, where we dive into some of the wackiest, wildest breakup stories out there. Each week we unpack explosive, jaw-dropping breakup stories with guests from all over the world to get to the heart of why breakups can be so emotionally intense. We're your hosts, Chris Riata and Gigi Engel.
2: Throughout this first season of Bad Break, we'll be interviewing guest stars, comedians, sex and relationship experts, and more about the wild world of breakups. So if that's your thing, Make sure you subscribe and download this episode. It really helps us keep bringing you all of these amazing stories.
0: Gigi and I were talking and we realized that we wanted to give you guys a little bit more backstory about our own beautiful little friendship that we have.
2: Mm -hmm. So most of you know, Chris and I are both journalists. We started working at this uh, millennial website Elite Daily back in the day when it was just a little little baby of a website. And then (laughs) we became best friends because we were both so gossipy for lack of a better word yeah Um, and like just like loved each other we would ditch work all the time and go on these long creative walks and like became best friends instantly and we're always here for the tea and chris and i could always tell a really good story and then on top of all of that We've been through some serious shit together, like in our personal lives. Like Chris has been with me through serious heartbreak where I broke up with my last partner and just moved to Chicago. And so it seemed really fitting for us to do this podcast together because we've been best friends for so long and we've seen each other through our biggest highs and our lowest lows.
0: And like Gigi said, we absolutely love talking shit and gossiping, which is exactly what we would do during these creative walks. I think we called them creative walks. Uh, at elite Daily,
2: yeah our creative walks it was
0: really just an excuse for us to ditch work and talk shit and like go get a diet coke or a coffee in new york city (laughs) yes
2: like we would say we were going to brainstorm our articles but that's not what we were doing we weren't doing that
0: not at all yeah, so our, our paths are crossing again now for this podcast that we've cooked up, and we're we're so excited because we're gonna be talking to some incredible people like Julietta Chiara. Do you wanna do you wanna tell us about our first guest?
2: So today we have possibly one of my favorite stories that's ever been told, let alone breakup stories. We're going <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be speaking with the absolutely fantastic Julietta Chiara. She's an influencer, a blogger, a sex coach, and uh she's one of my very best friends. And she has a absolutely bonkers breakup story so we sat down with julietta recently to talk to us about how this heartbreak really transformed her life how it opened her up to all of these new opportunities and really shaped and formed the way that she views monogamy polyamory sex and love
0: and it literally all started on ecstasy at the electric daisy carnival music festival (laughs) so here is our wild breakup story an interview with julietta chiara Julieta, welcome to the Bad Break Pod.
1: Thank you for having me, Chris and Gigi. This is so
2: exciting. We are over the moon, over the moon.
0: To just lay the foundation before we get into the breakup, tell us a little bit about this partner and a little bit of backstory on how you met them.
2: Yeah, so
1: a little bit about my, and it's not even a partner, I think what makes it crazy is I'm 26 and that's my ex-husband. I come from Salt Lake City, Utah, where the standard is to get married young. I mean, we used to have magazines in high school where it was like how to plan your prom and your wedding at the exact same time. Oh, my God. Jesus. And Yeah. And I told myself, I was like, oh, I'm never going to be one of those girls because I'm not Mormon and I'm not necessarily American either. And it so ended up happening that I met my ex-husband in Utah. He ended up joining the Air Force while we were together. And he's like, hey. If we want to move around together. We're gonna to have to get married. Okay,
0: so you weren't Mormon in Salt Lake City, Utah, but ninety nine point nine 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 percent of everyone else there is Mormon, right? So were you just going with the culture there?
1: Well, we weren't. It was so weird. It's like I, have, I come from like Argentinian atheist parents, and then he was Greek. So they were Greek Orthodox. And then we're both like, oh, yeah, we'd never do the Utah thing. We did the fucking Utah thing. <laughs> we, we did the Utah thing. 19 years old, we get married. And his name, um, we're, we're going to call him Stephen for now. Um, I'll keep his name his name private. But I love addressing someone as a person. Well, Stephen, he, he was everything I wanted at the time. He was an attentive partner, very sexual, a great lover, husband, part, like all the good things. I have nothing bad to say about this man. We ended up getting married at a music festival.
2: Okay, I need to know all about this. What? Back up. (laughs) It definitely depends which one it is. It's going to be a big deal. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. So him and I, the the only reason we met
1: is because we were ravers. We liked raving. We had met in Utah a few times, but then it was um, EDC Las Vegas, so Electric Daisy Carnival, which is one of the largest in the world. That was the first one I went to when I was 18, and he happened to be there, and we connected. And it was the nastiest slutty weekend of like, taking a ton of ecstasy to where you don't know your name and making out and essentially almost having sex on the dance floor. So someone's like, how'd you meet your, how'd you meet your ex-husband? I'm like, uh,
2: (laughs) we were, I was uh... like,
1: I had seen him and then I mauled him (laughs) at a music festival.
0: So it was a weekend of like raving and love and falling head over heels for this man.
1: Oh, absolutely. And after that we were, we were inseparable and what really kept us together for a long time was the fact that that's what we bonded over. And I, even to this day, you guys, like a a parameter for people I date is, can we go on a bender together? I know, I don't know if that's like the healthiest thing on earth.
2: I mean, same though, (laughs)
1: same. But if we're not going on a bender together, if we're not living that nostalgia that made me fall in love with like 90% of my partners, we're not doing it. So there's that. And we thought uh, he's joined the air force and we had to get married. And, but we're like, there's no room for a wedding. I'm not getting baptized fucking Greek Orthodox because his mom wanted me to do the whole shebang. And I was like, that's delusional. But thank you so much. That's for... <laughs>
2: delusional. That's
1: delusional. But yeah. And like Greek Orthodox baptisms, by the way, involve you getting basically dipped in olive oil like a fucking kebab. Like how Greek is that?
0: That sounds extremely Greek.
1: <laughs> it was like so Greek. like the Greekest Greek. thing like, I've ever heard in my life. I was like, do you bring out like the fucking baklava and the salt. <laughs> Yeah, so subscribe. I was like, that's painfully Greek. We're not doing that. And I was like, this is about legalities. Like, we need to slam this paper out. We need to get it done. And so we I remember we both looked at each other. We're like, fuck, it's happening, isn't it? We're like, yep, it's happening. Our friend became an ordained minister, and we got married at that same festival a year later.
2: That's
0: crazy. I mean, <laughs> Gigi, part of me thinks that's kind of adorable.
2: I mean, its it's like, it's two young kids in love. Come on. Love
0: it. You were 20 by this point?
1: I was 19 and like I want you to know this was one of the most glorious days of my fucking life Because it was the music festival where we fell in love and I'm obsessed with the music festival I mean, I'm going for my eighth year in a row next month. I still love
0: this festival. Wait, were you on ecstasy when you got married?
1: Fuck yes, I was. I was bald deep. Shut up. I was bald (laughs) deep in a pill they called the infamous orange Tesla. I was to
2: Miss Orange Tesla. Yeah,
1: and I was having a moment and it ended up happening perfectly that this was the only EDC all of our friends could come to. So we had 20 of our friends there. They host official marriages there, but I was like I don't want to do that. Our friend became an ordained minister. So my ex is in these tiny ass little shorts. I have fresh new fake titties at the time and I'm wearing like literally a thong and a samba bra where like the only thing being covered is my nipples and mind you they're so fresh that these things are like bolt on
0: do you have a photo that we can include in like yeah. the pod notes we can blur out the guy or it can just be a no, view he's,
1: he's not even in there i have a I, I went on a rage spree later and i deleted everything i ever had with him so it's okay
0: we need a visual of this this is iconic
1: So yeah, it's like Yeah,
2: the outfit is legendary, let me tell you. Oh,
1: it's legendary. And to make it even more legendary, our man our friend that was an ordained minister and married us, he was dressed like a wizard. Oh
2: my god. And
1: it was superb. It was really quick. It was like a 10 minute ceremony, get married, and by the time we got married, like we were all so fucked up that we're like, we we (laughs) must, we must go celebrate immediately. So we went straight into honeymoon, and that's how that's how I got married.
0: Okay, so oh seems like there are some red flags, although it's also an incredibly like adorable in my in my weird opinion. I mean, as someone who loves going to a music festival, I think that this is so far iconic. So where did things go wrong?
1: Yeah, well, and this is somewhere where I think only now can I talk about this in a healthy way to say like I was so toxic. <laughs> Yes, girl. And and what I mean by me being toxic was I actually did not have toxic behaviors. I was never like a gaslighter. I was never avoidant. I was never really anxious. I had a beautiful marriage with a beautiful man. Where it went toxic for me is the fact that I got married at 19 and by age twenty-one, my you don't have that much life experience. Your your brain starts going in other places. And I'm mind you, think about this. I'm a military wife in Tucson, Arizona. I am alone. I do not have friends. All I have is my ex-husband, and he's starting to turn into a military bro, which doesn't work for me. Like, And I just started to feel lonely in my marriage. And what do you do when you feel lonely in your marriage? Your mind wanders. And that's when I started to get hints that I now know is, you are not meant to be monogamous. At the time, I dealt with it with incredible guilt, saying, I'm in a lovely marriage with a lovely man, and I want to fuck everything that moves. And did you? No. No, it gets spicier than that. Oh, yes. We ended up falling into our first group sex experience and that was really I don't want to say it was the demise of our marriage, but at least that was where my toxic side came out because in this group sex experience, it was it all came crashing down for me because I realized three things that day. I came out of the closet in three different ways that day and it was very traumatizing. I was like, I'm not I'm not monogamous. I'm gay as fuck. I'm so bisexual and I'm kinky and I can't explore any of those things in my marriage because after that was kink off the table for you. Yeah.
0: Why he was, he totally just military bro by this point and like super Americana and traditional.
1: He was dominant and he was rough, but Mm. the sex was always, now that I look back at it, it was like, I'm like, Jesus, that was like, it was boring in my, in my standard. It was just very typical. Like, give you some head, I'll give you some head, we'll have really rough jackrabbit sex for a little bit, and I think that's amazing, and that's it. But then when I wanted to do toys or kink tools, et cetera, it was never welcome. So he
2: wasn't just going to spit in your mouth?
1: (laughs) No. And unfortunately, in the group sex experience we had, the other gentleman involved very much did spit in my mouth. And I was like, yes, king. I was like, oh, damn.
0: <laughs> Once that spit hit your mouth, you were like, there is no going back.
1: No, It's true. Once you spit, there's no going back. There's no going back. And so that, that was really the turning point day for me where it all came crashing down. I was like, my emotional needs are not met. I am 21 years old at this time. And I just realized that I'm like a gay, kinky slut. And <laughs> I'm not, I'm in the worst position as a military wife to be any of those things. And from there, my behaviors obviously started following the fact that I wanted all those things so badly in, in like lying, in cheating, et cetera. And then we, he actually brought up the divorce. And at the time, I remember being shocked because what are we taught our whole lives? It's like divorce is the worst thing that could happen
0: to you. Right. Especially coming from Salt Lake City, Utah, where yeah. the whole population gets married at 12 and stays married until the day they die. Exactly. How exactly did this happen? No judgment. Yeah. Was it just you fell into an area of like cheating and then he was done with it? Or, and how quick was that? Was it a long extended period of just, you know, drama? Uh,
1: hopefully, I haven't talked to him in a few years, so hopefully he doesn't listen to this, but whatever. The, I don't think he knew the extent of my toxicity if that makes sense. I was i very good at, manip- I, at the time I was very good at manipulating, very good at hiding. And I would say that my cheating adventures treaded more on emotional because I craved that emotional intimacy I was not getting. And it, there was the few months after that, it just became one of those things where we couldn't stand to see each other. I was always picking fights. I was always finding opportunities to be alone. And it wasn't until he went... Mm-hmm on a vacation, and I found out that he had made out with someone, which we were exploring the idea of potentially being open, but I had reacted so poorly because what do cheaters do? They react poorly to the things that you do to them.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotta have that disproportionate emotional reaction, honey. Of fucking
1: course. Of course. And I recognize that. I remember he just walked into the room and said, this is not working. I don't, I don't think we should be together. And he's like, we, we both want different things and you're so unhappy. He's like, yeah, I can feel it radiating mm-hmm. from you. And we ended up mind you, no divorce is ever easy, but I think I picked the best person in the world to get divorced from. It was simple. It was easy. There was so much respect, a lot of tears, a lot of love, but I got out of there and he watched me flourish and he's like, this is all I
0: ever wanted for you
1: was to be happy. That's so sweet. Wait,
0: this is like the yes. craziest story, but it's so beautiful yeah. in so many weird ways. Are you guys still friends? Do you talk at all?
1: We're acquaintances at this point. I think mm-hmm. I, if I something that was harder than actually getting divorced, and I'd really love for anybody listening to recommend this is that if you're splitting up after a long-term relationship or a marriage, you need to take time apart. Where I fucked up on that was we, for about a year after we got divorced, we still continued to be very close and to see each other mm. sexually. And ironically, the only kinky great sex we ever had was when we were split up, which-
0: That is always when suddenly it's like, why weren't you fucking me like this a year ago?
1: I Like the level of resentment I hold with that is, is high <laughs> because he, he became this sexual energetically, emotionally intelligent man I needed him to be when we were not together. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It just it felt so open and freeing to explore because I think he healed emotionally or was like on the path of like, hey, like what I was doing was not working in this marriage and same here, but that that made it harder to do the full split. And so I think the full split happened when eventually he had a partner. And he did draw a boundary of I need to nurture this because as, as you can imagine, his current partner that they're still together with, you can only imagine the level of anxiety, jealousy and or intimidation one might feel when their boyfriend's ex-wife is me i mean goddamn.
0: a kink expert sex expert yeah could be a little intimidating
1: yeah like this crazy sex freak is my is my boyfriend's ex-wife <laughs> yeah it's it's a lot and i recognize that because i've been told that quite a bit and so it was of my utmost respect i was like I, ne- I need to back off ironically a couple years ago we ran into each other again at the same damn music festival
2: oh my god what is with you An Electric Daisy Carnival. Dude, I know. The Carnival of Dreams over here.
1: Every single saucy story I have tends to happen there, but we ran into each other for the first time in years, and we got to see each other, and I met his partner, and it was a really beautiful, beautiful experience. It was very closing. I remember seeing him and thinking, now that especially Gigi knows me well and knows who I am and has known me for years, that I remember seeing him, and I'm like, I do not know who you are. I don't recognize that side of myself. I was like, I can't believe we had a past together. That is
0: nuts. Yeah, sometimes you live long enough to see your loved ones become total strangers. Can I just say I love that every chapter of this relationship from start to finish happened at EDC, from like falling in love to getting fucking married to then like seeing their partner and getting the closure that you needed and just feeling like you can continue on with your lives. I mean, it's EDC should really sponsor this whole relationship story.
2: Seriously, (laughs) they really should, they really should. For real.
0: So you've talked a little bit about how some key advice for you was that you would love to recommend is making sure that you take time after a breakup to really move on and figure your own shit out. What's some advice that you would give to someone like yourself who's starting a relationship though at the very beginning? Is there anything that you learned from this marriage that you would tell nineteen year old Julieta?
1: Oh, it's funny you ask that because I'm currently in after five years of being divorced. Only in the past two weeks have I formed some romantic connections that are, 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 looking in that, in that direction. And it's the first time I've been romantically interested. Oh my- so you're, Ooh. you're basically, as- Oh my God, I am hearing this yeah. for the first time. You're basically asking me to give advice to my current self right now. And it's, I, I think that some of the advice I'd give myself is one, you are in no rush. You are in absolutely no rush. I feel like with mono- like monogamous relationships or heteronormativity, You think that everything works on this timeline where it's like okay when are we getting serious when are we dating when are we getting married and having babies and so getting into a romantic space versus when i was younger i think i would have had more of an anxious attachment to where it it was like a love bombing thing it's like oh we should be together all the time we need to do everything together we need to officiate everything so the advice i'm giving myself now is go slow there's literally no rush you can go slow you need to get to know a person and the other advice i'd give is that love is not enough there is mm. so many more factors as a successful adult woman to consider than just attraction and love
0: what what are some of those
1: you got to have your fucking life together oh my god like i am not <laughs> every every serious relationship i've had they've kind of been a project i'm like no projects i would love mental and emotional health and stability. I would love for your career to be in a good spot or be working on something incredible. I would love for you to have your own life and not be obsessed with me. Um, And then with love not being enough, I would love for you to be a kinky freak.
2: (laughs) That's a requirement though, right? Requirement. I would love for us to be
1: slutty together. And I would love for someone to respect me as an individual human being. And not do this whole, like, we must become one. This is not the movie Avatar. We are not going to cross our little tails. (laughs) And, you know, I, I would really just love the coming of two individuals together to consciously create something powerful out of the deepest form of respect and stability.
2: It's pretty great when you realize, like, the boundaries that you need in order to feel stable and being able to recognize, like... When you're doing something that's really healthy for you rather than behaving in a way that might be avoidant and just understanding yourself so well that you know what you need and not being afraid to express that. Because I think we have so much fear around expressing our true emotions because we're so afraid of rejection when actually the bravest and strongest thing we can do is be vulnerable.
0: And sometimes it takes getting married at EDC to learn that.
2: I mean, hey, we gotta have our life lessons some way, sweetie. (laughs) You just have to go to a music festival, take
1: so much ecstasy you don't know your name, and get married.
0: (laughs) Julietta, it's honestly though, all jokes aside, so amazing to know that you survived this, this wild story. You've come out on the other side and clearly you've gained so much knowledge about yourself and about what you truly need to be happy and I mean just thank you so much for telling us your story and good luck with, with your future relationships and, and the budding blossoming love that you, you may be finding right now
2: yeah it's been absolutely incredible we've loved having you obviously Julietta is one of my very good friends and was blessing us with her presence today can you tell everybody where they can find you and all your amazing kink courses
1: yeah absolutely you can find all my educational resources and courses on julieta.chiara.com or plenty of free information on everything you might need on at
2: julieta chiara on instagram
0: fantastic awesome thanks so much Julietta, for coming on the pod
2: thank you babe thank you for having me wow that was like such a wild ride
0: <laughs> literally it, it was it was intense but i i love honestly the amount of growth that you could tell that julieta went through just from from this experience alone like she really became a whole other woman.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it's really beautiful to see someone, you know, recognizing themselves that maybe monogamy is not the right relationship style for them and to really, she really embraced her polyamorous lifestyle and it's obviously opened her up to so many more amazing adventures. And I think it can really show you that, you know, breakups are hard and they suck and they can be very painful, but there's so much amazing growth that can come out of them and it's, it's beautiful to see her in such a self-actualized state.
0: Yeah, yeah. She's like a fully realized person. And and it's just, it's always amazing to to see like what people went through to get to that point. I love personally about the story that it seems like there's always kind of two different ways that you can, you can go through a breakup. You can, you know, just kind of sulk and be depressed and, and let it eat away at your heart. Or you can really like take action, figure out how are you going to turn things around in your life? What are you going to learn from it? And it seems like she totally took that second route where she just took something that could have been really heartbreaking and and terrible and tragic, but made it like this whole blossoming experience for her. So we love that. We love a We love a happy ending.
2: We do love a happy ending.
0: Awesome. Well, check out our next episode where we sit down with comedian Corey Rodriguez to hear about his wild breakup story. You are not going to want to miss it.
2: Ups and downs, folks.
0: Yeah, it's it's earth shattering when it comes to a breakup story. This one's huge. But check us out on Instagram and YouTube at Bad Break Podcast, where you can submit your own anonymous breakup stories to be featured on the show. You can also call us and share your story in a voice message at 202-709-6328. And be sure to subscribe, like and leave a review. Well, unless you hate us, then just maybe don't leave a review. Just please,
2: please don't do that.
0: Leave. Why are you listening to the podcast? Just don't. <laughs> Yeah. All right. See you guys soon. <laughs>